Don't look now, but sports are back, and you can save 40% by subscribing to The Athletic to get the best in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Baseball's back, basketball's back, hockey's back, MLS, all that good stuff is back, and you get unlimited access to the breaking news, the in-depth stories, the expert analysis on what's sure to be one of the most enthralling season finishes in sports history for all these sports. Don't miss exclusive coverage. Subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity reporting and storytelling that sets the athletic apart if you go to the athletic.com slash nba show you receive 40 percent off an annual subscription sports are back and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams go to the athletic.com slash nba show for 40 percent off an annual subscription we hope to see you there welcome to the athletic nba show monday through friday on the athletic podcast network they will Bruh, New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? Dang! With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writers. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. to the Athletic NBA Show Basket Buds Edition, and it is a season preview of the restart of the season in Orlando at the Disney World Resort as the NBA tries to find a championship, battle COVID, and make a billion dollars. You know, just one of those just quick billion-dollar couple of months for the NBA, but they are restarting. It starts off Thursday night, and so I thought we'd do a little bit of a preview. It's 22 teams coming to the bubble. Quarantine, we've got zero positive tests, eight seeding games. We'll maybe have a play-in tournament or two, and then we'll get to the playoffs and finish this thing out. So today, we've got Trevon Edwards, we've got Dave DeFour, we've got Rich Hoffman, we've got Jay King, all of The Athletic. I'm Zach Harper, Jade Hoy producing. And guys, let's get into the kind of the, the stragglers, all right? We've got Washington trying to get into the the playoffs, and Jay, I, we're well aware of how you feel about the twenty four and forty Washington Wizards being <laughs> being here without Bradley Beal, without John Wall, and without Davis Bertans. They stink. Uh, we have the Phoenix Suns, and we have the San Antonio Spurs, who are without Lamarcus Aldridge and without Trey Lyles. And so, I think looking at those three teams, is there any reason? to be optimistic about them making a push. I know the Spurs are only four games out, but it, it kind of feels like, Dave, they're packing it in early. Greg Popovich came out and said, we're in more of a development stage. I, that has not happened ever. And they've kind of been in this weird purgatory for the last few years. You know, since the Kawhi trade, not a whole lot of high-end young talent that that you can see them building on for the future. If Pop tells you that, I mean, you kind of know, all right, that's the truth. They, they've never admitted that before. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Spurs are completely in development mode. I, I, I'm not sure that it makes sense to have any of these teams there outside of the top 16. All right. So does anyone have any confidence in the Wizards? Jay, please hold your thoughts until the end here. <laughs> anyone, Their like, best players don't even want to play for them. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're talking about the restart. Oh, you meant... You meant during the restart, yeah. (laughs) Um, Any confidence in the Suns? Trey, is there any confidence in the Suns making a push? They have like four teams to to leap over just to get to a a play-in tournament with with Memphis. Devin Booker's there. DeAndre Ayton's there. What's the goal for the Suns here? I think the goal for the Suns is just to have the experience 
um, keep the season going, try to ride this momentum into the next season. But I don't think that they think that they're going to make it. Okay, then let's get to the the back end of the Eastern Conference, which is the whatever's left of the duct tape together Brooklyn Nets and the Orlando Magic, uh, who seem to be pretty good despite not having Jonathan Isaac and not having Al Camino. And Dave, we're not going to have them, right? No. They're not no, going to play. It's not happening. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're completely out. out. At this point, if you haven't shown up at all, I have to assume that you're just yeah. out. Yeah. It's just done, right? Yeah. Okay. So the Magic seem good. Like, they still have enough players. They're fine. Like, they're they're a half game behind the Nets, but they, uh, they have two games against the Nets. I think they're going to move up to seven. They'll face the Raptors in the first round, and hopefully for them they can win a game. But other than that, that's about what they're going to do here. The Nets... Rich, do you have any confidence in the Wizards, whatever is left of the Wizards? Do you have any confidence in them being able to push this Nets team? Because this Nets team is missing like eight guys. I mean, they really only have to win like one or two games. I mean, I think both of those teams are probably going to end up with, you know, like two wins max. But I mean, that that Nets crew is pretty grisly too. Like the, the players they were throwing out there. I think like I watched them scrimmage the Pelicans the other night. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it, it kind of looked like the Wizards too against, you know, Bull Bull kind of looked like a, a high school varsity against the JV, um, just kind of jumping over their players. Um, I think there is a chance the Wizards can catch them, but I, I think it's just going to have to be one of those situations where like their offense has been pretty good this season. And I don't know, maybe like Ish Smith has a couple of good games. I, I guess it might depend on who their schedule is, but it's uh, both of those teams, whoever makes it to the eighth seed. I think that is going to be one of the ugliest first round series we've ever seen with uh, with the Bucks. Jay, is your nightmare the the Wizards triggering a play-in tournament against the Nets? <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that just be awful for the entire world? And let's say the Wizards win the first game, so then they have to go to a second game. But Fred Katz has to cover it. <laughs> right. See, I'm... I'm- I'm actually I I can enjoy watching Ish Smith play basketball and I'm going to enjoy the Ish Smith explosions that happen in the bubble. Those will all be a lot of fun. Troy Brown, Rui Achimura, I guess there's some talent there, but the bottom of the East is just so so depressing. It is. The Nets, Magic and Wizards like when you compare that to the teams fighting for the 8th seed in the West, which is John ja Morant, Damian Lillard, and Zion, and then it's like, man, what are we even doing here in it's, the bottom of the East? <laughs> it's wild, but I do like. I am happy, Trey. I'm happy that Jamal Crawford got a job. It should have happened way before this. I'm pro Jamal Crawford. I think anyone who doesn't want to watch him play basketball is is a narc. Like I'm, I, like he's just fun. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest one on one players of all time, man. Like he's fun. Like you said, at this point, you got to have it, man. And a lot of guys, obviously, they're on their way out, man. We. We we gotta we gotta find a way to keep them like in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like Melo shouldn't have been on the couch. Jamal shouldn't have been out for the entire year. Um, hell, bring Nick Young back <laughs> at this point. Yeah, what, yeah, why can't Nick Young get some run here? I mean, he would be good for good for content at this point. Right? Oh man, Nick Young would have pushed you guys to 200k followers in the bubble. <laughs> there, oh man, easy call, <laughs> easy call. Um, all right. Uh, all right, let's move to the Western Conference where we have we've got we're and again, no offense, Spurs fans, but we're just not going to count you guys as in the mix, even though you're only four back. Uh, we got the Pelicans, we got the Blazers, 
we've got the Kings and we've got the Grizzlies. Now the Kings are without Marvin Bagley the third. Um, you know, four guys got tested positive for for coronavirus prior to the bubble. Darren Fox hurt his ankle, but he came back. And he looks okay. Uh, Dave, where do you put the Kings in terms of a threat to grabbing at least the nine seed and triggering the plan? In the West, the hiatus probably hit at the worst possible moment for the Kings, like of of any of those teams. You know, yeah, they were playing. Well, they were man. they were playing their best basketball of the season. De'Aaron Fox was extremely healthy. I mean, the team in general, aside from Bagley, was healthy. Which you know they had been played with some issues all year. Uh, Bogdanovich and Heald both playing really really well. Um, separately and together, which was an issue for them early on. You know, I, I think that if they can find that stride again, they probably have as good a shot as anybody of snagging that eight seed. I just don't expect them to do it. You know, Darren Fox had hurt his ankle earlier in the year, tweaked it in the bubble, and, and you know, he looks good, but we know how ankle injuries are. Some some days you look good, some days you look awful. You know, we saw this with Steph Curry in, in a finals run. So, uh, you know, I, I do worry about the health of this team. And, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to put that first. They're going to say, okay, do we have a realistic shot? You know, maybe reassess after the first two or three seeding games uh, and, and then dial yeah. back if they haven't done well. But, you know, the long-term approach for this team is just so important. Uh, I don't think they have a real shot at, at the eight seed, so they should be extremely cautious. Yeah, they do have some if – it, if it's them and Portland tied for it, they do, I think, have the tiebreaker because yep. they went two and two and then they have the better conference record. Um, so I guess there is some hope in that, but you still have to, you know, you still have to be there with the Pel- with the Pelicans and with the Blazers and at least tie them. And the Blazers, uh, the Blazers, Jay, you know, they look pretty healthy. Like Yusuf Nurkic is back, Zach Collins back, Melo got skinny. Uh, although a lot of these guys got skinny and then they got kind of packed on weight pretty quickly in the bubble. The so food I don't know is what's good. going on there, but Jay, like the food's th- good, not Jared Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the one thing i think the blazers like they're much better now than they were earlier in the season just because nurkic and collins are back those are two of their best players the one thing i'm very skeptical about with them is carmelo playing the three i just don't think that's a look that can sustain especially if they do make the playoffs if they end up playing the lakers is Melo going to guard lebron I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to end up starting (laughs) in Portland. I think Gary Trent Jr. will end up starting in Portland. He's an NBA star. He's really good. That's my prediction here. He's He's good, but undersized guard on the the three. Yeah, 6'2. Yeah. Uh, No, I like him. He's good. He can play. Uh, all right, Pelicans. That's what everyone wants to see, right? They they want to see the rules. He's apparently bad. To make sure we see him, right? (laughs) We've got all kinds of rules going on for Zion right now. Um, all right. Uh, in terms of in terms of the Pelicans, uh, they do have the tiebreaker over the Blazers. They they swept them, right? They went four zero um, in the season series, and so that's significant because if they tie, then they're going to get the nine seed. Um, but with the Pels, you know, they got more than than just Zion. And, and I'm not trying to go basketball hipster here, but you know, Rich, they got they got Lonzo Ball, they got Brandon Ingram, who's an all star. Drew Holiday's obviously just like one of the best professionals, one of the best defenders in the league. I am worried about their size though, because it's basically Derek Favors, Jaleel Okafor, and Jackson Hayes, which means it's basically just Derek Favors, because Jackson Hayes is nice, he's intriguing, but he's like a deer in headlights, you know, half the time out there, and so it's that's going to put a lot of 
pressure on Derek Favors to be healthy and to be a defensive stalwart. I would be very afraid of Jackson Hayes playing like, I mean, we're not even talking about playoff basketball yet, but like, you know, meaningful seeding games because, yeah, it's like you said, he does not know what is going on. This team has been. Yeah, which is fine too, right? Like he's super young and everything. But like (laughs) what's funny is in that first practice from the Pelicans, Rich, like they showed Zion like scoring so easily. And every time he was guarded by Jackson Hayes, I was like, all right, come on, man. Like. Yeah, and that's in the video here. That's part of it because Zion scores easily on everybody. But yeah, I, I think right. I, I agree with you. They had that rough stretch in like November. I don't know how many games they lost in a row, but it was like a million. And then they started to play better, and then they got Zion back. So yeah, I think that they are the favorite. I am a little bit worried about Zion even being out of the bubble for a few days. Just. I've never seen an athlete like him that like puts so much force on his body. And obviously he's a little bit heavier than the, the average Skywalker. Um, so I am pretty curious to see, like, you know, I know he's back in the bubble. I know it's probably going to be four days, but are they going to have to ease him back for, you know, the games that start this week, starting with, uh, I guess that's the jazz who they play at the beginning, because that's important yeah. because he is like, you know, despite being super young and, not completely knowing what he's doing on the defensive end, even though I know their numbers have been better when, when he has played like he's everything for them. He's the complete difference maker for them. Let's say the Pelicans get the, get the nine seed and they trigger the play in tournament. And it's, it's, you know, single elimination for them, double elimination for the Grizzlies based on this Grizzlies team and how young they are, but how, and look, I don't even mean this as a slight. Like they've overachieved, they have 100%. which is good, right? Like that's fine. Like it's they've a hundred percent over overachieved, but they believe it. Like they believe what they're doing. And so, do you think that the Grizzlies win that play in tournament if if it's a, if it's the Pelicans? You know, it, it, it's a really interesting question. So on Nerd, we've talked about how the Grizzlies they were able to win sometimes in spite of the numbers. Which, you know, again, that's overachieving, but that's a good thing. It mean it's a, it is a positive. It's, you know, a lot of times it's used as a negative. But then when you look at the numbers and you look at what the Pelicans have done, especially at full strength, and you start to think, wow, uh, losing two games in a row seems pretty difficult. But the Pelicans might just be better than the Grizzlies. Quite, a lot of measurables say that they just are on average. Yeah. Um, I still, some, I still say tough luck. They had some tough luck did. in clutch situations the first yeah. two months. Like they were, just, they couldn't make a shot. Right, and I, I still, I still think it's just so hard to lose two games in a row in in this type of environment. So yeah. I, I think Memphis is going to hang on. That's where I'm at. I'm just not sold that Memphis has enough shooting anymore. Jaron Jackson exists. Sure, yeah, and granted, they had, look, they had injuries, but they after the trade deadline, they shot 32 percent from three. As a team, like, I mean, and Grant, like, again, yeah. they had injuries they were, and, and Jaron Jackson helps that. But like, he's not he's not putting them up to league average. Right. Oh, no, no. And and missing and losing uh, Justice Winslow is a huge deal for them. I, yeah, I think they big. expected him to be able to slide right in on the wing and provide some of that shooting. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys I don't know how much we're going to talk about the scrimmages, but you can see they're they're using Valanciunas a little bit more. Kyle Anderson shooting more threes. So they are trying to space the floor, but you're right. They, I mean, there are 
limited shot makers on that team. Like guys that there's plenty of guys that will shoot threes, but there's like four or five that can actually make them. I think you're going to need to see Josh shoot more threes too with the, uh, I agree. the lack of shooting. And, yeah. well, like, like he's got again, a, he's got kind of a weird shot, but it's, it's good I, though. He can it's make good enough. Yeah. Off the ball. He had a pretty good season. Again, this is another, another justice Winslow sort of ripple effect. They wanted justice Winslow as a, secondary playmaker so jock could get off the ball more now it's going to be dylan brooks who frankly is a black hole um (laughs) there's just no other way to describe a guy that shoots every single time he touches the ball uh it's that he's that carper right he's the nba version of zach Harper. absolutely uh 40 from the field 35 he's league average from three it's just good enough i'll (laughs) buy it (laughs) so so you know finding that guy who can get jaw off the ball to get more of those threes I think it's going to be important. You know, Josh Jackson could be that guy for them. Uh, you know, he he's shown some playmaking this year, but I still think it's just tough for them losing Justice Winslow and not having Jay Crowder there. Guys who launch threes, they just change the geometry for you, even if they can't make them all that well. That's We've right. seen that in Marcus, right. with Marcus Smart in Boston for years. People close out of him no matter what percentage he shoots. It's incredible. We did have that great moment where – uh, Valanciunas was left at the top of the top of the arc wide and, open uh, and Joel Embiid waves him like get out of here he hits it and then he waves it exactly back I love that shit yeah. that's so good well I gotta say Zach there's a lot of power once you you know when you've got the beard like that you decide to shave your head just he was just Valanciunas is too powerful now for the is NBA. that what we're doing we're saying watch the out. shaved head and the, be- the beard okay 100% interesting that's, that's the brand it's kind of weird that you you came yeah, up with that theory, I mean, but okay, random. you know, whatever. We'll, random. we'll move on. Yeah, just random. Yeah, random, random, random basketball theory. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Trey, if I throw these three teams at you, I'm going to say the Kings, the Pelicans, and the Blazers. Who is most likely to knock the Grizzlies out of the play-in tournament if it gets triggered? I'm going to go with the team that is counted out every year, the Blazers. I mean, they got their front court back. Obviously, it's the scrimmages, so I don't really judge too hard, but uh, – I like I like what they got going, and I think that obviously if, if CJ keeps drinking his Pinot Noir, you know <laughs> he won't get hung, but he'll definitely get it going um, when the games start. And I think that they got a chance to make a run and uh, take advantage of this young Pelicans team that may slack off. Who here thinks that the Grizzlies will end up as the eight seed? I, I think they're going to. Okay, I think they're going to. Yeah, I do too. Just just yeah. mathematically, it's, it's the most likely but scenario. I don't think they're. I think they're like the fourth best team out of that group, though. My heart wants to go. I, I'll admit it. I want to see Zion. I don't care. I want to see Zion in the eighth seed. I want to see him in the playoffs. I know it's. I know people are gonna say he's overhyped. All this. I don't care. I just want to. I want to see what that looks like um, as a rookie after all this weirdness. I just want to see that. But I also did make the prediction. In the 20 predictions that you can find on The Athletic that you're not allowed to hold against me because it's unprecedented circumstances, <laughs> that the Blazers would take All the right. eight seed. So I guess I have to so, go with that. I'm with you. Right? If Damian Lillard gets into a play, play-in tournament, like he's not losing a game. Well, another prediction I had was that he and he and Ja give each other 40 in the same game. <laughs> that well, one, I, I believe. That would be fun. That that one Dame is going to average 40 a night. <laughs> The entire time he's in Orlando, whether yeah, that ends well. in, you know, eight games or or it goes into the first round. I actually think the most interesting team that could be the eighth seed is Orlando or, or is Portland because they are probably the biggest risk to the Lakers. They can match up in size. You know, you know, Dane, yeah. like in clutch situations, like he's not going to back down. I just think they match up better than any of the other teams. But then like, you have Carmelo would, chasing LeBron around screens. Like, what's going to happen there? 
Probably not. You know what I mean? They'll probably throw Jason Collins on or uh, Zach Collins on him. Uh, it, it's just a, uh, it, it's just a more compelling matchup because of Dame and the ceiling raising that he's able to do. I just think Portland screwed up when they let go of Harkless and Aminu. Because when you have Dame and when you have CJ and when your team is built around those guys. Yeah, you need those two for sure. Yeah. And they just don't mm-hmm. really have that anymore. That's why I think Trent's going to no. be a good piece for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's important. I mean, they would basically go from like 6'2 to 6'10 on the defensive end. Yeah. Know, if Melo's <laughs> I mean, not playable. Big deal. It's, it's <laughs> right. a pretty important range there. <laughs> well, I don't know. Melo locked up Mario Hazoni. Did okay. So I'm feeling... I'm feeling all right about he it. You know, I like skinny Melo. I like I like Melo no matter what. I'm all in on Melo even still. I don't care. I think he's fun as well. I'm in on Melo. Zach, you know who's taking defense seriously? Who? Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. He is playing defense as if he's going to get cut tomorrow and get sent out of the bubble. He is playing <laughs> so hard. I love it. I love it. But I'm just like, the scrimmages are like a glorified, fancy, like summer league. Like you just get your jersey early. And I'm just like. I'm looking at it and I'm just like, dang, he's really trying to lock up. And guys are like, God dang, like, are you seriously guarding me like this? Guys who can shoot and guys who can defend get paid in this league. But if you don't want to play defense to get paid, try DraftKings, everybody. Oh, my God. The final 22 teams have made their way to Orlando. They're ready to get back on the court this Thursday. And while the ending of this basketball season is different than years past, there will be no shortage of excitement, and you can get all that excitement and all that action with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports to celebrate the return of basketball. DraftKings will have not one, but you guessed it, Dave, two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resumed season. So get in all, all the action. Jay, I know you're wondering, well, I haven't tried it before. Don't worry. Fantasy basketball is easy to play. You just pick eight players. You stay under the salary cap. You pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than compete for a shot at $1 million. But don't worry, Rich. If basketball isn't for you, DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. Trey, with millions of dollars up for grabs this week, no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code RUN, that's R-U-N. You get a free shot at a million dollars, or get free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. But by the way, you need a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply, and you got to see DraftKings.com for details. All right, where are we? The East? Let's go back to the East, guys. The Pacers. I don't know about these Pacers, oh, guys. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis is it's done. It's not good. Yeah, he's done. Oladipo is still iffy on whether or not he's going to be out there. Personal, look, I if the Pacers are going to pay him anyway and and Oladipo doesn't feel fully confident, once Sabonis right. was, was done, if I'm, if I'm Depot... I'm I'm I mean, opting out. I just would, and I I don't think anyone should hold yeah. against him. Like I, he's got. If you're the Pacers, you probably should opt him out. You know, like you have to protect guys from themselves sometimes. You know, you got to think long term. Obviously, they want to lock him up. You know, hope hope that he signs an extension. I I can't imagine that they want to put too many minutes on Depot. I mean, you know, this team is fundamentally different from what it was. You know throughout the entire season, even before Oladipo came back, losing Sabonis is, I mean, it's a nightmare for them. 
Yeah, and I mean, they, they have some fun scorers. Like, I think Malcolm Brogdon played really well in the playoffs, and he looked like, you know, he, he can get his shot in the pick and roll, and, and he's looked pretty good in the scrimmages. TJ Warren has had a good year, too. I just think, like, yeah, if Sabonis is not playing, Oladipo obviously is like, not looked good before the uh, shutdown, like, and he did not look good in that scrimmage the other day. They look like the team that if you're kind of in the top of the East, if you are... Miami, if you are Boston, uh, maybe Toronto, if they drop, they look to me like the team you would probably prefer to play in the first round. Yeah, the Celtics should be praying for the Pacers to fall to six. They're, they're playing the Sixers in the first game, and basically whoever wins that game is going to have the tiebreaker, essentially. So, you know, if uh, if the Sixers want to tank, it looks like they're going to have to uh, put some work in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see a lot of Ben Simmons three pointers. Except, wait, maybe that's oh, a good it looks thing good. Huh? Looks good. <laughs> Look, I mean, it looks better. That's all you can hope for. It's better than him throwing a fish. <laughs> I'm still not letting that go. He double bounced a fish off a dock. I will never forget that with the wrong hand. With the right, with the wrong hand. We're back to that. Um, yeah, that, I guess that mi- that race for the mix of four, five, and six in the East. Uh, we got the Heat who are two games ahead, right? Um, and then it's the and then it's the Pacers and Sixers. I have that right. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and so I think the Heat are safe, Trey. Like the, the Heat are going to, you know, they're still throwing a lot of youth out there. They're still, you know, they still have a pretty young team. But I feel like Jimmy can keep them from losing a two-game lead over the Pacers and the Sixers. Yeah, once they get it going, I think they're going to lock in. Right now, everybody's just kind of getting their reps in because it's, it's a lot of guys that's being seen on the court that aren't even going to see the light of day. So um, once they once once the game start up, um, they're going to be, they're going to be back to normal. Um, I'm really excited to see what Bam's going to do. Um, see what Tyler Harrell's going to do. And then also, you know, they, they just get it going. Like they, they have a good, they have a good nucleus going and they also have the Bucks number, which is kind of weird. So hopefully the Bucks can dodge them, um, and avoid them as much as possible and hope that somebody eliminates the heat. Um, but I have no, I have no worries about Miami. Miami has no pressure going on. Oh, they got pressure from Zach Harper because <laughs> one of those predictions, not to give the whole article yeah, away, yeah, right. but you know, uh, might have you a know. conference finals with the Heat and the and the Raptors, according to some jackass on the Athletic. Yeah, I mean, you know, only only the Harper bump is that play here, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't think this is how the Harper bump works. <laughs> I'm very confident in the Harper bump working the past. I don't think it applies to this. I listen. I I still think the Heat are one guy short. And I'm not, you know, I just think Bam's not quite at the level to be able to pull the rest of the guys up. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler can be the best player on a championship team for sure. Bam is probably going to be one of those, you know, second tier type of guys. He's not there yet. I just think they're a guy short and relying so much on the youth that they have. You know, I just don't have much confidence in them. Yeah, I worry a little bit about like, Duncan Robinson, like the dribble handoff stuff, does that, you know, when a team gets to like lock in against you, is that quite as I mean, easy? He, he might the be the best shooter in the league. So I, I don't want to bet against him, right? I mean, he, he's really good and has done it against, uh, you know, a myriad of defensive types. So I'm not sure how guardable, you know, his three-point shooting is. We'll see what it looks like if, if he really gets hot and team keys in on him. But it's just tough because you got Bam and you got Jimmy who can both, you know, do stuff off the dribble. So if you're focused in on Duncan Robinson, that that's an advantage to the Heat. I mean, I'm sure Spo would be pumped about that. 
My favorite stat on this whole season is that Duncan Robinson takes exactly one two pointer per game. That's just like, his that's foot on just the line, incredible right? Incredible for that's it. Yeah, <laughs> a, a guy who plays thirty minutes a game, it's nuts. But I do think there's something to the fact that because he can't beat you any other mm-hmm. way and won't even try to beat you any other way running him off the line in a playoff series might be a little easier than it is for some other guys yeah i mean it's not like joe harris right right exactly yeah joe joe's a little uh-huh. more mobile and can can go a little bit more off the bounce um rich with the with the sixers obviously is a big shift right simmons to the four al horford to the bench shake milton to the to the point what i guess it's it's not a new concept necessarily. They, they've done some stuff like this, but committing to it more, or at least appearing to commit to it more. Do you think that they'll they'll lock in with this the rest of the way, no matter what? Yeah, I do, and I think it'll be a little bit better. I guess the the question is like, how much better can it get? Because they would have to raise it. I don't know, two three levels to get to, uh, you know, like wherever Milwaukee is. I don't think they're going to get past them, but I do think like just taking Horford out of the starting lineup. The stats with Horford, Simmons, and Embiid on the court offensively are so bad. It's like unbelievable. They're like a process level offense. Like I think I saw there was some article today where there was like 583 man lineups that had played enough. They were like 570th, those three. So just removing Horford from that group is important. And I think, you know, Shake Milton, there's probably a little bit too much placed on his, uh, on his plate here, but I do think like he is a kid who just doesn't really get phased by like the, the big time. He had that 39 point game against the Clippers, for example. He, he just doesn't strike me as somebody who thinks like, oh man, this moment is too big for me. So, so yeah, I do think that'll be better. I, I wonder a little bit like you can't play Horford exclusively as a backup center. Because, like, you want Embiid to play, like, I don't know, 34 minutes a game, right? Right, yeah, the minutes just don't make sense, right? And it's just, I, I think it's, more than anything, it's those two playing together offensively because on their backup units, they have Simmons and, and Horford play together. And when you take Embiid off the court, that makes sense. Like, Simmons can push the ball in transition, Horford can trail and, and shoot those threes. And those have been pretty good. Like, that's a big reason why they signed Horford in the first place because they were such a disaster when Embiid uh, got off the court. I just, I, I wonder like, you know, Horford and Embiid on backup units. It, it, it'll be a thing where I think they're going to play a little bit better than they did in the regular season. I think like if they were to play a team like maybe Miami in the first round, it would be, you know, around a, a toss up. But I, I just think like for the most part, they have not shown the level of consistency and specifically on the offensive end, the uh, like, the spacing required to like win multiple series in the playoffs. Trey, I, I mean this in like the most complimentary way. I feel like Shake Milton is the new Flip Murray. Oh, I'm all oh. In. I'm all in on Shake Milton. All in. I like Shake Milton. I, I actually yeah he can I think hoop. it was his game like against him. the Clippers. He went off, but um this season, um I just like big point guards. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm always rolling with that. But Flip was nice, man. He got to earn it. He got to earn it to be Flip. I, he got to do a little bit more. I I, I agree. He I, does I have to earn. I'm just really, saying that's the trajectory. I don't really I don't really want to want to give him that love that Ronald was on because he was doing his stuff. But um, <laughs> oh, that's I fair. wasn't prepared that's for fair. the Flip Murray reference. I'm yeah, not man. There's <laughs> always a Flip Murray reference, right? I've always got a Flip or, Murray reference. Well, Zach's, Zach's, a, Zach's a '90s 2000s digger upper. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, oh my god. But yeah, nah. He definitely could serve as an important piece. 
to the Sixers success. I don't, I, I actually didn't, you know, I bashed um, Ben Simmons playing the four. Um, but now I actually like him slashing and off the ball a little bit. And, and he's actually finishing like strongly and then actually him shooting. I, I don't know if that's true. If he's seen a site to shoot threes better. Um, but the three that he did make, I wasn't, I wasn't mad about it. I didn't celebrate about it, it but clean. it was pretty good. Yeah. The the yeah, big thing, it looked, it looked there was no hesitation on that second one. He just did it like, hey, this is a normal thing that I'm supposed to do. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, Ben Simmons as as this Draymond Green, you know, on steroids to a certain degree, you know, taller, faster, more athletic, all this other stuff. The, moving him off the ball offensively kind of lets him do that. I mean, he's super creative. I, I think our offense is going to benefit a lot from that. Not because he he won't shoot threes, but because of the stuff he can do as a secondary or tertiary guy. Like, I mean... Yeah, it's, it just changes when you when you can catch and go instead of just go. Right. right. Like, yeah, it just changes yeah. the options. It changes the way you can bend the defense. And he's so think about smart the as a passer. Yeah. That alley-oop he threw in that scrimmage the other day... You know, how many how many people that aren't primary creators are able to throw that pass the way he did it? And that that's a huge weapon for them. So if Shake can can play league average point guard, that team gets better. Yeah, hundred percent. Rich, what I mean, I feel like the darling of the of the bubble so far has been Matisse Thibel. Um if, like off the court, on the court. He had that monster poster. Like I, I feel like his it's still gonna come down to whether or not he can make shots, but I just feel like uh, in jump shots, I mean three pointers, but I, I man, he's he's so good. He's so much fun to watch defensively. Like the the angles he takes, the uh, the plays where he gets his hand on the ball, where you think like, how did he even do that? Where he kind of takes his stretch Armstrong arms and just throws them around a ball handler. He is a ton of fun. I am yeah, I am pretty worried about what he looks like offensively in the playoffs because. You know that that dunk was nice. He's one of those guys where if he gets ahead of steam, he can throw one down on people. I think he he had one against Denver earlier this year, where Mason Plumley he got him really bad too. But you know, outside of that, like he's not a very good ball handler. Yeah, <laughs> he's you know he's he's basically he's a, a straight passer, line, a straight right. line guy. And you know sometimes he'll make threes. He's you know he's pretty streaky. Like you know have a month where he's shooting like forty five percent, but obviously not a uh, a high volume guy. But yeah, he's certainly somebody who like. Even if he's not able to play, you know, big minutes in the playoffs this year, like one of the small things with the Sixers, I, I think with him and with Maz and with Shake, they, they have these guys who like maybe they're not ready for prime time this season, but they have not been able to like develop young guys. And I think they should feel pretty good about the seasons they got from all of those guys this season. I could do an entire podcast on Matisse Thibel. And uh, with one of our new sponsors, Artifact, you can do that. You can make a professional (laughs) interview podcast about any subject you want with Artifact. It captures family history by having your parents sit down for an interview with about their lives just before you were born. You can tell the whole story right there. Or if you want to on someone's career, that's actually what I'm doing. I get a lot of people who see that I have a career in, in media. And guys, you probably guess they're like, well, if he can do it. I can certainly get a career in media and they're right. It's not that hard. You just have to work at it. And so I get a lot of like, Hey, how did you get to this point? I'm making one through artifact to where now they can just listen to that podcast. It saves me having to tell the story over and over. And I might miss some facts, might miss some things and get a couple of, you know, editors to, to get interviewed and offer up some, 
advice on what I did right and what I did wrong. And you can make anything, basically anything you want. I went to HeyArtifact.com, told them a few basic things about what I wanted with this story of my career. And uh, they invited folks for interviews. The whole thing was super easy. only took a few minutes. I'll share that episode as soon as it's ready. But for now, you can go to HeyArtifact.com. Here's some samples. There's a ton of ways to use Artifact to capture stories with your friends, family. You can basically just chronicle anything you guys want. All those funny stories that you guys have amongst your friends, you can chronicle all those, make a greatest hits, anything you want. And when you're ready to make an Artifact of your own, Use the code NBA. That's right, NBA, just like the athletic NBA show. Code NBA, get $40 off your first one. That's heyartifact.com and use the code NBA for $40 off. Gentlemen, let's move back to the West. We've got a real cluster <laughs> from the three through seven. We got the Nuggets at the three, we got the Jazz at the four, the Thunder at the five, Rockets at six, Mavs at seven. We could, like, I don't think the Mavs are going to move up to three, but we could see a lot of jumbling between those two. It's yeah. about a game and a half game uh, between each stopping point in that chain. And so, Dave, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, I think we can feel pretty good about Denver staying at least in that three or four. I don't think they're going to fall to four. I think they're going to be fine. Um, but yeah. Denver, you know, they went with the Listen. super tall lineup the other night mm-hmm. uh, or the other day for that scrimmage. Um, you know, I'm super happy that Bull Bull beat Jay's Washington Wizards G League squad. I'm, I'm happy that he destroyed <laughs> them. I'm not quite buying him as a contributor yet, but they, they may not need him because they, they're still very deep even with all the guys missing and coming in late. Yeah, exactly. Listen, when you can roll out a lineup that uh, 6'8 is the small guy, that uh, that has to work in some way, right? Like basketball, it, it, like height is probably the greatest skill you can have and you can't teach it. Uh, they've got tons of it. And it didn't it didn't suck. It wasn't awful. They did okay while they had that big lineup. So I'm really curious to see if that gives them anything extra. I don't think we're going to necessarily see – all you know, Millsap and Grant and all the other seven footers out there at once. Um, but maybe four of them in a guard might be interesting. I, I think the Nuggets are going to hang on to the third seed with no trouble. The Jazz, I'm just not convinced. I haven't been convinced by them all year. I, I think that the I mean, defense without, is without Boyan, right? it's going to be tough, man. Yeah, the defense fell apart. Um, you know, I, I do think. Oklahoma City with with Chris Paul having like the veteran presence is huge, especially in these, you know, weird scenarios. Uh, but that Mavs offense, man, it, it's it's too volatile. I, I think the Mavs could move up to the four seed. I do think it's in play. I'm curious, what do you guys think about Skinny Jokic? Is that a good thing? He looks he looks regular size to me again. Yeah, he wasn't red after one trip down the court. But but I he doesn't. Look like all these guys who got super skinny, and then and then I saw them on a court uh, in the last couple of days. Like none of them looked that skinny. Like James Harden didn't look skinny. James Harden definitely. Jokic didn't, didn't look that skinny. Well, like, Jokic, Jokic looked said, skinnier he than said he, he lost did. Five but pounds, you know. That could just be crumbs. I, right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not he's not overweight like he was when he started. No, the no, no, no. He he's does look like he's in better shape for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think uh, the skinny Jokic thing a little overblown. I don't even know how much strength. The guy would lose, you know, from losing 10 pounds. It's not a big deal. Uh, clearly, he lost fat. You know, like when we when we saw him in October, November, you know, we, we all thought he ate too much over the summer. Yeah, he's probably down so, to 30 just from that right. point. Yeah, now he looks like he's at his playing weight. So, you know, I, I think if the Nuggets aren't concerned, which we would know probably, I think we would have heard it by now. Uh, yeah, I, I think Jokic looks good. He's moving up and down the court well. 
Yeah, my thing is as long as he doesn't lose the strength. That that's all I care about. Yeah, right. he can still oh, he's a low, bully yeah. guys in the post. Yeah. Um Trey, do you trust Jamal Murray for the Nuggets in consistently in these big game situations? I do. I think that he doesn't get enough credit sometimes. Um obviously with all the stuff that's going around and and, and you know, when he when he returns to the, to the team and you know, gets on the floor with them and they get a rhythm going, he can be deadly and effective. Um, it's just that it's teams that are really, really good. So, um, you know, even at his best, you know, it's some, it's some giants he has to see, but I do, I do trust him. I wish he were a little better shooter. He came into the league and I thought shooting was going to be his best skill this year. He's at 34.5% from the three point arc on five and a half attempts a game. So he's not having a huge volume. He's a little less than league average. Like he he needs to shoot it better for them to have a real chance. I mean, I trust him more than I trust Gary Harris for sure. I don't know what happened to Gary Harris. Like I, I guess the injuries, that's been bizarre. Yeah. But like he hurt his ankle and forgot how to shoot when the check clears. (laughs) Yeah. He was a more normal fault. (laughs) Oh, come on. It went from me slandering him on the pod for him to get paid. And then once the check once the check deposited, it was over. It was over. I don't know. That's all tough. We, yeah. But we got Bobo. We got Bobo. Shooting guard Bobo. We do. Yeah, we do. Um, all right. So Rockets. We don't have to get into the whole. Is the small ball going to work? It, it, it is what it is, right? But yeah. um, but I did see one thing that the Raptors did uh, in the scrimmage. And granted, it's a scrimmage or whatever. But the Raptors did a, set up a play where they basically inverted. You know Tucker and, and Covington away from the hoop. It put Harden and Russ closest to the hoop, and while it looked like they were trying to you know go after Harden, um, guy slipped behind Russ, got an easy, uh, easy baseline cut for a dunk. And I thought, and then I it, we didn't really see it again in that scrimmage. And I thought, oh, that's how that's how the teams will go against them. They're just going to invert, right? And if so they don't go big, right? right? Like yeah, so exactly. There are other options besides just you know when, when we think about the Rockets and could they beat the Lakers? Okay. The Lakers are just so big and people have pointed to the Clippers as a team that the Rockets really might be able to take on, but you just laid out exactly how you beat them. Yeah. And, and, and so I do think like, look, Mike D'Antoni and his coaching staff can adjust to that, right? They can, sure. they can switch things. They can make sure the other guys stay low and everything like you, you can do that. But it was just a, a little bit of a reminder for me of like, Oh yeah, you can just try to find ways to get those two mm-hmm. on the back line. And, and and when you have superior talent, I mean, like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could could pretty much just feast against that defense. Yeah, like that still applies. But still, but man, I like you put the Rockets against Denver, or you put the Rockets against the Jazz, or even the Thunder. I think I take them in all those series. I wouldn't feel great about them against Denver, but I I'll just ultimately end up taking Harden in that situation. But I do think, like, I think they'll win a round. I think they'll win the first round regardless. Just from a pure, like, fan standpoint, I would love them to see Denver in the first round. I want to see Jokic against the the small group. Against Tucker. Yeah, and just see what that chess match looks like and what it looks like on the other end of the court. That would be fun. Yeah. And then maybe if they play the Lakers in the next round, it it would be fun in that regard. But that that is the one I'm hoping for because, I mean, I, I really enjoyed watching the Rockets play after the trade deadline. They were... It's just something. It's weird, man. It's really weird. And it's fun. 
yeah, you just never saw it. And it's, it, it feels like, you know, like a college intramural game where you're just shorter than the other team and you're trying to spread them out. But they have James, uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook on their team. So it's a little bit different. Is anyone putting Dallas in the category of able to upset the first round? Oh, I am. Puncher's chance, man. Against that who, offense though? is insane. Is it if they so, move up? Not against the Clippers. Not the Clippers. Yeah. No, they're not going to beat the Clippers. Could they catch the Nuggets? Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they they stay in their spot. I mean, that they've said it. Their offense is unbelievable. I mean, just watching that scrimmage the other night, like you just kind of forget the Luca Kristaps pick and roll with three shooters around it. Like JaVale and Dwight, they were struggling with it. <laughs> I wasn't watching, but I did like seeing about 50 people I follow on Twitter go, Quit saying Seth Curry is shooting like Steph Curry. He's shooting like Seth Curry. I like that everyone was sticking up for Seth Curry because, yeah, man, he can sling it. Like, that dude, he can shoot. He's a legit yeah. top five shooter in the league. And he. what's funny is he does it on the ball and off the ball. Like, I mean, it's very Steph-like. Like he, that guy could really freaking shoot. I appreciate people getting mad about it. I'm That's big good. on that, too. Yeah, I liked it. I think Porzingis has a chance players. to benefit from the hiatus as much as anyone just because he's now that much further away from the injury. Like, he clearly wasn't entirely himself at the start of this season. I think he got better and better as the season wore on. I think now he has a chance to be even better and make that offense even more dangerous than it already is. And they're so dangerous Mm -hmm. that even without Luka, they're super dangerous. Like, that's how good their offense has been. And then having Luka in a playoff series, unless you're against the Clippers or Lakers, you might have the best player in any series. And Luca's Luca's just been ridiculous, so I, I do think they have a chance to upset people. Por- Porzingis was playing his best basketball when the hiatus hit, which you know it makes a ton of sense. He he had sat for two years pretty much, yeah, basically, and was finally rounding into shape January February, playing literally playing his best basketball of the year, and then the hiatus hit. So the hope is that you know he didn't lose that groove. But you're right, Jay. I, I think like. From a conditioning standpoint, from just a overall health, explosiveness, all that, Dallas may have gained more than any other team. Remember, Luca had had sprained his ankle in January, so now he's healthy. They might have picked up more than than anybody in the West. Yeah, losing losing Dwight Powell hurts, but um, but they've adjusted pretty well without him. I don't think they guard enough to win multiple rounds, like when they they play the Clippers or the Lakers. But that that offense, and I think in general too, with like Luca and KP, you know, it, it takes younger players usually a few years to break through to like the the further levels of the playoffs. But that offense, I mean, it's it's the best offense in the league for a reason. It's you're you're right. You don't even need those guys in it to uh, the lineups that they play with uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and with Maxi Kleba are a little bit better defensively than what they were running out with Dwight Powell for most of the season. So the defense, like when you look at the numbers, there's a little bit of noise there just because the lineups are so different now, but you're right. I, they probably don't guard enough to make the finals. But they score. <laughs> they definitely enough. don't guard, they definitely don't guard <laughs> right. enough to make the finals. But they score enough, but they <laughs> score enough to catch, to catch team off guard in, in the first or second round. I do think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like. I don't like them against the Clippers, but if they face Denver or for whatever reason they got into a matchup with Utah, like yeah, I, oh yeah, I like. I think they beat Utah, and then I, I, I could see them beating Denver. I wouldn't feel confident, but I, could, I could see they them would average it. like a hundred thirty points a game against Utah. I feel like, <laughs> man, especially yeah. if Rudy's pounding. Uh, we, we would have a lot of Rudy content. Yeah, if they play Utah. All right, uh, 
Jay, we're going to go to the East, back to the East. Are the Boston Celtics good? <laughs> they are good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, are they good enough? They're in the second tier. I think the Raptors and Celtics are on like the same level yeah. beneath the Bucks, And the Bucks are a juggernaut. The Bucks have been unbelievable. I, I still want to see the Bucks do it in the playoffs because we haven't seen them do that yet. But they've been ridiculous. And Giannis is even much better than he was during his first MVP season. So, and Chris Middleton has been ridiculous. I think the Bucks are the obvious favorite in the East. Everyone else is at least a tier below them. The Celtics are on that next tier. Um, but but the Bucks are definitely the team to beat. How worried should we be about Kemba? It's bad? I mean, it could be. The Celtics, they all sound hopeful. Brad Stevens today said Kemba has his burst back, whatever that means. He went through all of practice, but it's just bad when you go – three months without basketball and then you come back and your knee issue which was supposedly due to overuse is still an issue he's not used to going through deep playoff runs he's gonna have to hold up through more postseason basketball than he's ever played before i i think that's a major problem until proven otherwise because they they need kemba to be great they need him to be fantastic and and the fact that he came back and hasn't been able to play in any of their scrimmages so far hasn't been able to practice two days in a row hard that that's just not good it's not good and I, I know it's smart to be cautious with him but that yeah that that could be a problem yeah that's alarming Trey if we get Raptors Celtics in the second round and let's just say Kemba's healthy who do you like I'm gonna I'm gonna still take Toronto I mean I, I love I love Kemba um I just don't trust the Celtics man in their injury reports how they did my man IT so you know, Kemba be be safe on that That's on your true. decision. And like like Jay said, he hasn't played a lot of um, meaningful basketball. So, uh, yeah, I like the experience with the uh, with the Raptors and their defense. Yeah, I mean Nick Nurse, just he's so damn innovative. Not want to even say innovative. He's just he's just adapting. Like that's the thing, right? Like he just adapts well, to whatever he needs. Yeah, yeah. He see he sees a problem and he comes up with solutions. And he doesn't rely on past experience necessarily to come up with a solution. He he just throws stuff at the wall. I mean, look at look at how much zone is being played now in the post Nick Nurse era. Yeah, right. He like normalized NBA zone. Yeah, he were doing a little bit, but he really yeah. he really went to it. Um, all right, I'm gonna make everyone pick. Rich, who comes out of the East? Oh, Milwaukee, pretty easily. Dave, Milwaukee. They've almost said someone else. Trey? Milwaukee. Jay? Milwaukee. Take Toronto on that predictions thing. I got to stick with it. <laughs> so dumb. It doesn't feel dumb. I can t- I totally see Toronto doing Flip it. But hey, Milwaukee's yeah. really good. It should good. not feel dumb. Milwaukee is really, yeah, it should Milwaukee's not feel dumb. really damn good. <laughs> I was looking I was just looking over numbers and stuff yesterday. I'm like, "Oh my god. What why, why do that?" It I'll only so tell you it's dumb. If they don't make it, if they don't make it all, you know. All right. That's fair. Okay. Um, All right. Let's go back to the West then. Who faces the Milwaukee Bucks or Toronto Raptors? We got the Lakers and the Clippers as the one and two. Um, I don't think either team is really going to bust their ass in these eight seeding games. They've been pushing towards whatever the playoffs are going to be all season long. Um, Trey, has anything changed your mind? Like where, where are you thinking with this Lakers Clippers thing? First, do you think we get them? Is that the conference finals? Nah, something weird is going to happen. It it just never. It it reminds me of uh, 
want to say 2009, 2010, where we wanted Kobe and LeBron to play. Oh, yeah. Something weird is going to happen. Where where we had these predictions and it just all falls apart. I mean, I'm not speaking on any injuries out in the world, so I'm not going to say injuries. But something weird is going to happen. And I don't know. I'm leaning towards the Clippers. Wow. I, I yeah. I I like the Lakers, but I'm going to stick with the Clippers. Dave, what, you think that's the conference finals, and what do you think happens? Lakers Clippers. I think it's going to happen. They're the two best teams. I think it's going to be the Lakers. Ooh. I'm with Trey. I think it is going to be weird. Something something weird is going to happen, but I do think it's going to be the Lakers. LeBron looks too good. I love that the Lakers are constructed in a way that LeBron is probably going to have to play major defensive minutes on Kawhi if they do meet in the playoff series. He he hasn't always taken on those matchups, and I think obviously his defense has, has kind of revived this He's year. After better this year. <laughs> A number of down years. I don't know how he can handle those matchups anymore. I don't think he was great when he had to guard Kevin Durant in the finals. And obviously the Warriors were just a different, absolutely different beast than the Clippers or any other team this year. But I, I want to see LeBron challenged in that way. And I'm not Hope sure he can it. handle that. They're defensively. the two best playoff players. Am I crazy to, to doubt LeBron? No, not at all. Especially not defensively. Yeah. It's just Kawhi is such a machine in like isolation in the playoffs. Like, I mean, I, I guess maybe I just saw it because he he gave Ben Simmons I don't know three thousand points in that series last year. But just like, <laughs> just like a super long physical defender, and Kawhi is just a machine getting into the mid range and just drilling jumper after jumper. And I think that would you know I think a, a lot of what LeBron has done over the past couple of years, especially in the regular season has been to kind of conserve energy on the defensive end because he carries such a big load on offense. And yeah, if he has to guard Kawhi consistently, I think that might change things. I mean, are, are you going to put him on Paul George too? Like, is is that is he going to have to run off screens? There aren't that many hiding places on the Clippers, which is, uh, which is why I would lean with them. Yeah, because I think the key there is like, what does Danny Green look like defensively in that series, right? Because he's not the Danny Green from like the Spurs era. Yeah. That was apparent last year. Yeah, he's still, I, I mean, I he still can defend in transition, which yeah. is great. Like eight times right. a game, he's going to be back and defending in transition. But like, <laughs> he's he's someone that they are going to have to cover for. Yeah, I'm the ultimate Danny Green defender. You know, like I mean, I think he's he, like he's been one of my favorite players for for a while. Like I just love how he plays. Uh, he can't guard Kawhi, which I keep seeing as like a hypothetical. Like he cannot guard Kawhi. It's just not going to happen. I hear everything you guys are saying, but I just, man, something for whatever reason. I've been Clippers all year. Like, I've been like, I just think the Clippers are the best team. I think they're going to win. Whatever I, reason. I say that, and I still I, think the Lakers are going to win. I think, yeah, Le- the I Lakers think LeBron's going to do it. I yeah. just do. But but Gr- Danny Green cannot guard Kawhi. It's going to have to be LeBron. Yeah, or yeah, you just something. have Anthony Davis help. Whoever, so yeah, if it, maybe it's KCP and you yeah. just have Anthony Davis maybe. just stalking him, right? Yeah, but it's, it will not be Danny Green. What do you guys think about J.R. Smith all, and Deion Waiters playing a role? Oh, my God. Hook it to Deion, my fucking veins, Jay. Oh, listen, I'm so in. I don't Deion's going to make it. They're going to be able to sit LeBron and AD and still score. I think Deion's going to be pretty okay. <laughs> I think he's going to win him a game. I'm kind of stunned. JR okay. looks like he's in pretty good shape. JR, look, JR well, we saw. is a is the greatest non-point guard lob thrower I've ever seen. <laughs> like he threw that lob to Dwight yesterday, and I like jumped off my seat. I was all in. It just that JR passing that was enough. That was maybe the 
the most false statement ever made on any I'm podcast. I'm all in on this whole cockamamie di- dynamic. It's ridiculous to say out loud. It's so <laughs> weird coming out of my mouth. <laughs> J.R. Smith, the greatest lob passer of non-PGs in NBA history. Yes. Like... Forget that. Prove me wrong, Jay. Forget that LeBron James, dude. Forget. Oh, he's for, a point guard. Forget we know Jokic. It. Forget Larry Bird. Jokic is not a great lob thrower. For, for, not like, not like Jr. But he didn't have a good target. Who was Larry Bird throwing lobs to? I don't know. I, I just brought up a good he passer from the past. <laughs> <laughs> Paris was flying back in the day. Um. All right. So we. So. We're going Bucks or Raptors uh, versus Lakers or Clippers. So who does everyone think is the champion? Uh, Rich, we'll start with you. I'm going with the Clippers. I mean, I, I'm a, a little bit worried about their their availability and, the, and their health with Lou Williams and, you know, a few. Oh, a f- yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's we got to talk that's about a great Lou. call. Yeah, we got to talk about Lou Whoa, Williams. Lou. Okay. So, so my question yeah. is, like, what do they tell these players when they leave the bubble? Like, what is allowed? I don't know what they are are going to judge him on. Like, is it just the negative tests or is it the fact that you, you went into a strip club? Is that like, was that explicitly banned when he left? I, I mean, I don't I understand. I, yeah, go for okay, it. Trish. As a strip club specialist, right? <laughs> you have never been to Magic City and you never had their food and you don't understand why. You get you some Magic City food. That's one of those situations where you got to stop by. Zach, what I can go across the panel and ask anyone, what's a spot that you have to stop by when you're in your hometown? That's what it was. Now, although it was a serious situation, he's saying his goodbyes to his uncle. Noted. But Jack Harlow, rapper from Kentucky, happens to put him on Instagram. That's his fumble. Make him pay the 86000 a game. Whatever. Right? But... He came for the chicken and got caught up right now in the situation. I don't think that he's going to get a positive, positive test out of that, but uh, strip club food is elite. (laughs) Strip club food is elite. So that's, that's look, I've, I've heard, I haven't been to an Atlanta strip club, but I've heard the food there is incredible. I've heard the food is the reason to go. Hold on, hold on. Leading the nation is Onyx in Houston. They have the best pasta. (laughs) The best pasta. Best pasta. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. They have. They. Have. I guess I just wouldn't expect those noodles to get softer. <laughs> I, no, I caught that one. Too. I caught it. All right. <laughs> See, you know what that was? That's that's Trey being J.R. Smith throwing me a lob. That's what that was. It was a perfect lob right there. You know, it couldn't have gone any better. Um, I guess as long as Lou doesn't test positive. When he's out of the bubble, like you're supposed to get, you know, tested the whole time, right? And then when you come back, you're supposed to test in quarantine. As long as he doesn't test positive, I don't think it's responsible of him to do that. So I think there's a public shaming, I guess, that goes in. But I don't know what they can do. Like he went for a funeral and then he had a night and then he came back, right? Like I don't know. I I guess I don't know. I guess, yeah, I'm kind of on Rich's question of like what do they tell these guys? I think it's just the same thing your mom would probably tell you to wash your hands, social distance, and wear a mask. I mean, at this point, you know what I mean? Like, Doc's giving guys three days off regardless. He does it. He said he did it all through the season. So now that, you know, obviously one person happens to to, to see the content and post it to Twitter and it goes viral, okay, he slipped up. And maybe it's irresponsible, but, like, if he come back negative, mind your business. (laughs) <laughs> let's get back to let's get back to basketball at this point. You know what I mean? Like I understand if he comes back positive, leave his ass out of the bubble. 
straight up. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess that's. I guess it just becomes a. You almost have to just play the results here, right? Yep. Like the result is a positive test. Then okay. Seems like gambling, though, right? A little bit. Well, for sure. But the NBA is into gambling now. Uh, <laughs> In so many ways. That's a good point. <laughs> right? Is it really washed point. of me that I don't know who this rapper is? What's his name? Jack Harlow. No. Uh, Jack no. Harlow. Yeah. He's no. he's. It's, it's not that you wash, bro. Like it's you know he. There's it's a, lot a lot of rappers. rappers to keep up with. I just don't expect you to just be like, you know, he's up and coming, uh, though. I'll uh, say that. Yeah. And, and, I honestly didn't even he, know Kentucky was like a, right. a hot Was he from Paducah? He's a, he's a white guy that, that has a flow. There you go. Shouts, Snitching shouts, on Lou Will was probably the rappers. best thing that ever happened in his career. Yeah, we'll see. We don't know. Or the worst. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, okay. So, so we've got uh, – so, Rich, right, you've got the Clippers winning it all? Yeah, I got the Clippers winning it all. I just I, I like their you know their their ability to play playoff basketball. They have a lot of guys who can switch. I think uh, you know Marcus Morris was a pretty big acquisition for me because you know there are some matchups where I don't necessarily think like Zubac would be the guy who who you'd want to play. Yeah. He also can funnel into lineups if if Lou Will you know is just getting attacked mercilessly, and that that happened in that last uh, Clippers Lakers. Uh, game so yeah I, I like their just I like their two main stars and I like their just I guess playoff style and and Doc Rivers has, has obviously done it before so I will uh, I will roll with them over the Lakers. Um yeah by the way if I'm if I'm the Lakers um whatever my defensive matchups are I'm trying to make sure that I'm making sure Marcus Morris beats us like if he beats us he's trying to make sure it, the same thing you're right exactly like I like if he beats me in a series. Congratulations, you've done it. But like, I would not let Kawhi or Paul George. I know it's not that simple, but that's that's how I would go. Uh, Jay, who you who do you have winning the championship? I think the Lakers will beat the Bucks in the finals. I I am so excited for all these series, like Lakers Clippers, Lakers Bucks, LeBron Kawhi, LeBron Giannis back to back. That could be just special. I think LeBron is on a mission. I think he and Anthony Davis have just meshed really well together from. From the start, I think Vogel's done a great job with them. I'm nervous that they don't have any other real creator except now Dion Waiters. <laughs> um, but I, I think LeBron will be good enough, and that defense will be strong enough to to pull them through. Nervous for the rest of the league that Dion Waiters is the only other creator. <laughs> <laughs> he he's he's not bashful. He's not bad. You say no. that. You said that yeah. sentence, and I felt like I was eating the pasta at that Houston strip club. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, what about you? Uh, I, listen, I, the Bucks have been the best team all year. Uh, Giannis, I don't. I don't even need to say what he's done all year. Uh, that defense is insane. The offense is also pretty good, um, just behind the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers are going to give them everything they got. I, I think it's going to wind up going seven. Um, but I'm taking the Bucks, man. I'm wow. taking the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year, and I think the Bucks are going to win it in seven. Wow, over the Lakers. Trey, what about you? Oh man, Clippers over Bucks hey, or Bucks over Clippers? I'm, I'm a loyalist, man, and and I've been fortunate to cover the Bucks this season. So you know, uh, I'm going to roll with the Nigerian freak. You know what I mean? Go, go bucks here to deer. Wow. Um, and I, in the predictions thing, I went Lakers over bucks. So I guess, or Lakers over Raptors. So I guess I'm sticking with that. I guess I'm sticking with that. All right. Uh, before we go, 
Man, I found I feel so defeated by making dumb predictions. Why do that? Why do we make predictions? Ah. Ah. Nobody. It's That's fun. true. No one Nobody, can hold it against nobody's me. holding you yeah, to you're it. Right. No we one, will no probably hold you. Not allowed. No, you're not allowed. It's in the title. You can. It's a contract. Right. It's a legal contract. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's talk. Tom, Tom Thibodeau signing with the Knicks. The worst kept secret in uh, in coaches hiring over the last uh, couple of months. Um, Trey, this is a CAA connection. This is a Leon Rose con- connection with Tom Thibodeau. It seemed like a lock the whole time. James Dolan got in the mix a little bit, but five year deal for for Thibs, and um, I guess now he's going to see which one of those guys can run. Yeah, I, th- I I really love the loyalty of Leon Rose. Just looking out for looking out for Woj, you know, and and saying hold off, and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you this news. You know what I mean? Like I tried to I tried right. to play as dumb as possible. Like oh, he signed oh Tibbs. Like come on, and it was it was the Trey. You heard about it last week? Too? Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty tipped off. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the whole thing about J Kid and uh, you know just kind of that was the Dolan thing to flirt with somebody he's really not interested in. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean, good for them. I mean, I wish I could coach the Knicks for five years and get fired after three or two. Ooh, man, I said that's the dream, two. man. Sign a five-year deal, get fired after two. I'm sitting pretty for the next three years. I love that idea. Um, Remember that photo <laughs> the day Mike Brown got fired and he was in like Chick Fil A or something and just the happiest man in the world. Yeah. Of course, that's probably my favorite photo of all time. It's great. Yeah, he it's could the not have been that Kendrick Perkins fired. Golden Corral photo. Remember that one? <laughs> yes. Some some awesome no photo, photos. No out there. photo in athlete history is worse than Jerry Rice Popeyes. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I cannot argue with you on that one. Um does anyone think that this is a positive? Like I, I did see some people going, maybe people are too hard on Thibs. Look, look, he was a he was like a pretty solid GM for the Wolves and, or uh-huh. president or whatever you want to call it, and then he was an okay coach as, as long as his guys were there. But once he lost Jimmy, right, then it, then it was a disaster. And so I think if he has his guys or his type of guys, they'll be fine. But I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. But I also, like, I don't look at anyone on that roster outside of, like, R.J. Barrett and maybe Mitchell Robinson and think, like, yeah, these guys right. are going to be here long term. So I guess I don't know what he's exactly. working The only on. positive is that R.J. Barrett is 19 years old and he's going to be able to play 48 minutes for tips. He's 19 going on 35 now. Oh, man. He's going to have – he's going to need an IV. Oh, my God. It's going to be brutal. The most interesting part of it to me is that the Knicks, they don't have much talent. They, as an organization, have never had much patience. And they brought in Tom Thibodeau, who's certainly not a rebuilding type of coach. He's going to be a guy exactly. who wants to. Yeah, he, right. tried, he tried it a year in Minnesota. I was like, fuck this. I'm getting Jimmy. Yeah, he, like he's not a rebuilding type of coach. So... I'm very interested to see how the organization handles it, whether they realize how far away they are from being a good team and whether he realizes it, how far away they are from being a good team and whether he can adapt. He's been a rigid, rigid coach in a lot of ways. Uh, And I know he spent the last several years going from basically team to team and picking coaches brains and trying to learn as much as he can. But if, if he's still stubborn, I think this has potential to go very bad, even though I think he's a really good coach. And even in Minnesota, like people probably overstated how much talent they had on that team. I don't think anyone at, at that stage really knew that Wiggins wasn't very good and that Towns had so many flaws. So I, I think he, he's been a pretty good coach no matter where he's been. But it's the other stuff you wonder about. See, you and I had different takeaways on this hire. 
So the hire of Tom Thibodeau is a sea change to me. It says we're not we're not worried about development. We are going to try to make some moves, make some trades, get some veterans. Hope we sign someone in 2021 and are competitive. Like, you know what I mean? That like, kind of always just, been their plan. <laughs> no, but well, see, this is the thing though. We we were told that this was going to be a more pragmatic front office, but it seems like same old Knicks. Yeah, I would have went with the Nets like, approach, like like hire a Kenny Atkinson type, exactly. and then hopefully you can build it well, up. Well, until they sign Kyrie and KD. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah fire I, them. Whatever, exactly. they, sure. they set a culture that, that exactly. Kyrie and KD wanted to go to, right? Whether but they decide that, to change the culture once they're there, like still yeah. got them the big guys. I think hiring, hiring Tom Thibodeau says you're not going to be patient. Versus, I think having James well, Dolan as the owner says you're not going to be patient. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, how many coaches is he is he paying right now? Is it just two? No, one. No, it's at least two. And yeah, and what move is out there for them? Like they don't really have a ton of great. Oh, assets. Jay Giannis. They'll well, just go Victor sign Giannis, Oladipo. right? Hey, guys, Victor Oladipo. That's a that's a legitimate. Nah, he's going to trade Miami. target. He's going to Miami. Well, but but I mean, it's a legitimate trade target. Devin Booker might be. (laughs) Well, sure, maybe. But I I mean, if you can, if you could sign him and and convince him you're going to sign him to that five year max. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess the money could talk there. So there are there are players that they could make moves for. I mean. I'm sure it'll work out for the Knicks. <laughs> Usually does. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be fine. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the Athletic NBA show. Make sure you check out uh, Tampering on Tuesday. We got Hoops with Jason on Wednesday, Point of Contention on Thursday, and Friday we're rounding out with Nerdish Wrote with Dave DeFour, Mo Dakil, Seth Partnow. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you can. Subscribe to the Athletic. Comment on the on the podcast. Once you're a subscriber to The Athletic, make sure you check out Jay King's work. Make sure you check out Nerdishy Row. Make sure you check out the, the Q&As. Make sure you check out Rich Hoffman's work. Make sure you check out whatever jackass predictions I'm doing. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot of podcasts going on. Check out all the team-specific pods. Keep it locked in on The Athletic Podcast Network. For Rich Hoffman, Dave DeFore, Trevon Edwards, Jay King, and Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. Thanks for subscribing.